This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, October 13th, 2013. Go. All right, I feel like we need to have a dance party with that. Woo, that'll get me going. Thank you for that choice. This This is is a a dance dance party. party. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today, a day when we can get together and worship your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for waking us up, for giving us breath. Your mercy and grace just is abundant. And now, um, God, settle us in. Uh, I don't mean like complacent settle, but help us focus on you and your word for each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, amen. Amen. Okay, so for the last two weeks, we've been looking at what we call Bible nuggets, little nuggets of scripture that are valuable, hopefully memorable, hopefully meaningful to you. uh, Today, our Bible nugget uh, comes from uh, Genesis chapter 12. But before we go there, we're going to get a little background leading up to this. In the first 11 chapters of this book, Genesis, first book of the Bible. By the way, that name Genesis means in the beginning. A lot has happened in the first 11 chapters. First, God has created the universe and everything in it, including Adam and Eve, and they decide to disobey God, and we'll look further at that next week as they bring sin into the world. They had children, and there was, as a lot of cases, sibling rivalry, but this was pretty intense because one of them murdered his brother, and um, that's an interesting little chapter there. From, from there, then, the people multiply greatly and fill the space. <laughs> they did, and they continued to sin, and this grieved God. It filled God's heart with pain, and so God decided that a do-over was in order, and that's when God decided to wipe the face of the earth clean, saving just a remnant, the remnant of Noah and his family. And they again multiplied greatly. And in chapters 10 and 11, that brings us to a guy named Abram. Abram, whose name later becomes Abraham. Let's uh, take a look at this Genesis chapter 12, where we're going to uh, hang for a while. Uh, Here's our first verse. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Mm. And so kind of out of the blue, we have God talking to this guy, Abram. We don't know a lot about him other than his family tree that we've been given. And then, boom, God tells him to go. Go. Leave everything that is familiar to you, God says, your country, your people, even your father's household. Go. Everything that's familiar, everything that's comfortable, everything that makes you who you are and everything that makes sense to you, leave it. Leave it, God says, and go to the land I will show you. Hmm. Now that's an offer it's hard to say no to, don't you think? (laughs) Not. Jeez. How many of us would be saying, now there's a deal I just got to get a piece of. No, no way. Well, God goes on to say this to Abram. 
I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so here we have one of, uh, one of God's great promises, and in church world we call it one of God's great covenants. A God covenant is a sacred agreement in which God binds himself to us. And what a covenant it is. Uh, I'm sure uh, he got Abram's attention. I mean, don't we all kind of want to leave something behind some way that, you know, they knew we were here? And in this case, it's an opportunity to leave a legacy uh, of some sort. In this case, wow, he is uh, promised... God promises Abram that he will be a great nation. All the people on earth are going to be blessed through him. And so the next verse tells us that Abram went just as God told him to go. But here's the catch. Abram was 75 years old. (laughs) 75, and he didn't have any kids. And the woman that he was married to, Sarai, was barren, which was the most humiliating situation back in that day and time. And so here we have Abram, an old man with no kids, and God is promising that God will make him a great nation. I mean, if it were you and me, we would say, God, are you kidding? Are you kidding? (laughs) Mm. God doesn't kid much, though, does he? So the question is, why would Abram agree to this? Why would he go to this unknown place, pick up everything that's familiar, and take off? Well, who knows? Maybe A, maybe he figures he had nothing to lose since he was already childless. B, maybe God's offer was just too good to let pass by. C, uh, maybe Abram was just the most faithful guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. Maybe it was D. Say it with me. All the above. There you go. I've only moved a couple of times in my life. Um, Twelve years ago, when we moved up here, we moved from downstate Delaware, Seaford, Delaware, to this new and different place. And we were very settled in Seaford. Um, We had been there for 24 years. So in 24 years, you get kind of comfortable, don't you? And then to pull up and move, there's really some things that you have to deal with when you do that. I mean, you don't know anyone, you've got to find a new school for kids, get to know that system, find a new doctor, find a new dentist. My gosh, we need to find somebody new to fix our cars. And worst of all, for me, (laughs) I needed to find a new hairdresser. Can we get an amen on that? (laughs) It was only women I heard. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) You know, a lot of times that that first step is the toughest. Um, I remember sitting in the car with Devin. She told me it was okay to share this story, by the way. Summer field hockey practice, two weeks before school started, and um, it's Devin's real first contact with this whole Middletown scene, having spent all of her life in... um, Thanks, Aaron. You're making me cry here. <laughs> oh, I thought you had tears. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I spent her whole life in Seaford up to that uh, 
point. And, and she um, was in 10th grade. 10th grade. And uh, field hockey practice. And Devin's very outgoing. She's a very people person and all that. But on this particular day, she's a little apprehensive, you know, a little. Uh, so we get there. Actually, we're like the first ones there. We don't want to be late. And um, so we kind of, she just kind of sits in the car waiting for some other girls to show up. And the girls start showing up. And Devin keeps sitting. And the girls keep showing up. And Devin keeps sitting. And finally, everybody's there. And it's time to start. And Devin's still sitting in the car. And um, finally got to the point where I had to say, Devin, honey, <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. That wasn't easy for either of us. But it was necessary. It was absolutely necessary. Because, you know, moving, especially that first step, is, is not easy, is it? It's not easy, but it is necessary at times. It's necessary. As we turn back to our scripture, um, in the next couple verses, we're told that Abram gathered his wife, Sarai, and his nephew, Lot, and some others, and he set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. You know, it's not the first time Abram and his wife and his nephew Lot made a major move. Here's what we're told at the end of the previous chapter, Genesis 11. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. So here's an interesting situation. Years before God called Abram to move, Abram's father, Terah, had moved his immediate family, and their destination was Canaan, okay? The very same destination that God would give Abram years later. Isn't that interesting? I think that's a coincidence. You know, we, we come to find very few coincidences when it comes to God. We call them God incidences, you know, and for good reason. I, I, since I first discovered this little passage, I've just wondered if perhaps the scripture doesn't say it, but I've just wondered, could God maybe have called Abram's father, Terah, and he responded and began the journey, and he was going to Canaan, but then he kind of uh, stopped short, didn't quite make it. You know, when he got, he and his family got to Haran, they, they kind of settled there. It's kind of funny, isn't it, when, um, how we get comfortable and we settle in a place, even though it might not be our real destination. When Carrie and I first got married, she still had, uh, it was her senior year at UD. And so prior to that, beginning of that school year, I'd looked for the closest teaching job I could find in Newark. It was 80 miles away in Seaford. So we were going to stay there while she finished school one year. One year in Seaford, and then we were going abroad. We were going to see the world. She was a nurse. I was teaching English as a second language. It was either Japan or Ecuador. Where was going to be someplace? 24 years later, we moved from Seaford <laughs> to Middletown. It's easy to get comfortable, isn't it? 
It's easy to settle in, uh, easy not to finish what we intended. Maybe some of you can relate to that. How often do we <laughs> settle? How often do we settle for less than what God has in store for us? How often do we get comfortable along the way and rather than facing a new situation, uh, something that we're not familiar with, we just make a decision that we'd rather stay in known territory instead of going in uncharted territory, and we settle. We settle just like Abram's father, Terah, did. He settled in Haran, and when we do that, just like Terah, we never make it to Canaan. When God gives us a vision for our lives and we settle, we don't make it to the promised land. We don't fully realize what God has in store for each one of us. But to glean a positive out of this, even though Abram's father settled short of his destination, that move put Abram that much closer to the place God ultimately had for him, the land of Canaan. And when, when Abram arrived there, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he, Abram, built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. All right, so that was chapter 12. Let's uh, fast forward now. Years later, the word of the Lord came in a vision to Abram. <clears throat> telling him to not be afraid, reminding him of the promise that he would be, uh, reminding him of the covenant that God had already made years before. And Abram responded by saying he was still childless, that his estate would go to his servant. And God promised him that Abram would have a son from his own body that would be his heir. God told Abram to go outside and look at the stars and, and said that Abram's offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Just think about looking up in the sky and God saying, your heirs, your offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Well, not trusting the Lord and desiring a child, Sarai took things into her own hands, and she encouraged Abram to sleep with a servant, and he did, as she suggested. And at age 86, he became the father of Ishmael. And we hear in Scripture, we read that Ishmael is a wild donkey of a man. That's what it says. Mm. Now, unfortunately, taking matters into their own hands was not a great choice. It was not a great idea. Sarai became very jealous. She was jealous of this mistress and, and the child and ended up later they were forced to leave. Funny isn't it how taking things into our own hands often does not result in a good way, in a way that pleases God. Mm -hmm. Did we mention that patience is a virtue? <laughs> Years pass, and Abram's 99, and he's again visited by the Lord, who tells him that, again, he will be the father of many nations. And as sometimes happens in the Bible when 
there's a significant change in someone's life. God changes his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to Abraham, father of many nations. He also changes his wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. Not a big change. Both of them still mean princess, but still a, a, a change in not just name, but in, in their lives. When God told Abraham his wife would be the mother of many nations, Abraham fell down laughing, questioning if a son would be born to him when he was 100 and his wife was 90. Girls, 90. Well, long 90. story short, <laughs> Isaac was born a year later, and God delivered on the promise that God had made 25 years prior, the promise that he would make Abram, Abraham a great nation, that he would bless Abraham, that Abraham would be a blessing, and that God would bless those who blessed Abraham. And the promise that the offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky did indeed happen. God was faithful to God's blessing. God was faithful to what God had promised. And Abraham was faithful as well. Abraham was obedient. When God told Abraham to move, Abraham moved. Mm. As for being the father of many nations, his son Isaac, through with his wife Sarah, had twin sons, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jews and Christians hearkened back then to Abraham as Father Abraham, the father of those 12 tribes. Ishmael, that firstborn son with the servant, was also the father of 12 sons, whom the Islamic tradition considers to be the ancestors of the Arab nations, the Arab people. And so Christians, Jews, and Arabs all hearken back to this guy named Abraham. God wasn't kidding when he promised that he would be the father of many nations, that his offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And all this came about because Abraham was faithful when God told him to go. And God delivered on this blessing. The delivery of the blessing always follows the move. I'm going to say that again. The delivery of the blessing always follows the move, not the other way around. How different would it have been if Abraham had said no? How different it would have been if Abraham stayed in Haran and didn't keep going. How different it would have been if Abraham had stopped short of the goal, gotten comfortable before he reached his destination. How different things have, would have been if Abraham continued to take matters into his own hands. Mm. Go. We look around this morning and we realize, wow, how different things would have been if we had said no when God said go when we were living in Seaford there. Blessings, relationships, the God moments, the uh, transformations that we would have missed out on over these past 12 years. What about you? What about in your own life? How different will it be? What blessings will you miss out on if you say no at those times when God says go. And he might not necessarily be talking go in terms of a physical move, although he may. But often much more in terms of 
um, go in terms of what you're doing, who you are, where you're spending your time, talent, and treasure. So where is God calling you to go? Where is God calling you to go? What is God calling you to do? And are you on your way? Or are you settled? Being settled isn't bad as long as we're in the will of God. You know, have you started on that journey? Or are you settled? Have you gotten comfortable, stopped short of the destination <coughs> that God has put before you? Are you receiving the blessings that God has indeed promised? There's a pastor, his name is Craig Barnes, and he wrote a book, When God Interrupts. And we would like to share this quote with you. It's impossible to follow Jesus and not be led away from something. Wow, that's a pretty big quote. Can we read that together? It is impossible to follow Jesus and not be led away from something. In other words, as followers of Jesus, we are called to move in one way or another, move out of a situation, move out of this, move out of that. And when we do that, we're led away and toward Christ if we're following God's will for our lives. And there will be a blessing when we do that. Go. Go. It's time for us here at Connection Church to go, to move, to follow God's call. Back, back when we first began, God gave several of us a vision of connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers here in Middletown, the surrounding area. Even though renting a school was cheaper, we were led to uh, where we are. Because here we could do ministry 24-7, 365, not just a limited number of hours, maybe on Sunday morning. And, and that time we had to decide there was a section in the front and a section in the back. It wasn't all connected. Somebody was in between. They were for rent. We had to decide went the little space in the front or the big space in the back. We really couldn't afford either one, so we decided to rent both. <laughs> <laughs> because we knew that God was going to grow things here so that shortly we were going to need both, and in fact, we did. We stepped out in faith because we didn't have a whole lot of money, but we had a whole lot of faith, and that's what took us where we went. Over the years, God has guided us, and we've rented each new section of this building until now we've taken it over. <laughs> and we've rev renovated space by space by space, section by section, making it ours for ministry, knowing that someday we would walk away from it. We knew that all along, that this is not our permanent home. This is rented space. This is leased space, knowing that our current home, called Co Connection Community Church on 100 West Green Street, was a temporary stopping place. From the beginning, we knew that someday we would have to leave this place behind, that we would have to move on. We knew this because early on there was a prophecy, a word that actually two different people at two different times brought to us that this place called Connection, you, the body of Christ, 
would not only reach out to hundreds, but to thousands. And we know, we knew that we would need more space in order to do that. At some point in the future, we would have to be obedient to God, and we waited until that time when God said, the future is now. The future is now. The full building is full. The future is now. My connection with Connection Community Church actually started uh, a number of years ago. Uh, Carrie and Allen and I attended the same church. Uh, what brought us to Connection is a little connect card in a welcome basket when we first moved to Delaware. I can't begin to say what this church means to us, to our family. From the moment we walked through the doors, we knew we were home. Just my, my heightened sense of everything, family, compassion, patience, I think I'm just a Better version of me. Yeah. Definitely, I definitely feel like I'm a better mother and a better wife. Just a just a better person. I just feel at peace, a peace that I didn't know before. For me, I just have such a change in how I see everything now than when I was younger and growing up. Connection Church has brought us um, together in Christ. We all found Connection Church after um, going on our own individual walks and giving our lives to Christ. And um, it's been a nurturing and a fulfilling environment to help us develop and go, grow closer as a family um, and just become a lot stronger in Christ. Connection Church to me is, is our family. I mean, it's us. Three of us and then Connection Church. That's that's my family. It really is. I just can't imagine it any other way. I can't. Ever since the first week we came to church here, it just felt like home. There's no other way to explain it. It's just, it's more than a church. It's our family. It's our life. When I um, first came to Connection Community Church, I was lonely and I was hurting. Uh, everybody here embraced me, uh, welcomed me with open arms, and pretty much gave me a new church family, uh, people I could trust in, people I could go to. We had been out of church for probably about a decade and had been looking for a place that we could both feel comfortable. Uh, she had come from a more traditional background, I had come for, from a more contemporary background, and we walked in and just felt really comfortable um, with the music and with Carrie and Alan, and we just, we connected almost immediately. Our connections changed me. Um, I go back to my favorite hymn. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. The people here at Connection, the church, and my church family allowed me to accept Christ into my heart and has changed me for the better. I'm a completely different person than I was before. Um, first of all, uh, this family unit wouldn't be the case um, had it not been for Connection. Um, TC and I met um, here at church, and so had it not been for this place, um, who knows where I would be. I first came to Connection, 
on an invitation to meet a girl. And in doing so, I kept coming back until I got the uh, confidence to ask the girl out. Well, in doing so, the whole time I kept listening to the message and I started going to Alpha. If it wasn't for connection, I would probably have never met Devin, never been able to build a relationship with Christ, and I would probably be still drinking a fifth of rum a night and more than likely addicted to some type of drug or children, our grandchildren, we need to make sure that they have the ability and the place to be able to experience the same things that we experienced, allowing Christ in our lives. And I mean, we're looking to always grow as a church body, and uh, to be able to do that, we need to be able to have a builder building, because we want as many people in our family as possible. There are so many more people that need to have this experience, whether they're eight years old or 80 years old. The future is now. People are coming every week, and I see new faces every week, and I feel that we need a bigger location. So um, the time is now because we need the space to be able to um, go further in achieving our mission in connecting people with Jesus and the life field. The full building is full, and it's about then when I felt a nudge in my spirit, and I knew it was God, and God was saying, it's time. The future is now. It's time to move. That's an awesome video, isn't it? You know, just a, just a little snippet of a lot of memories, a lot of opportunities. You know, God has allowed us to use this place for 12 years and um, to connect people with Jesus, people on the screen, and the life he offers. That's been awesome. You know, we've been able to do a lot of great ministry here as people on the video shared and Wow, it's been awesome. And it's not going to be easy to move, but, you know, God has a whole lot more in store for us. And God wants us to connect many, 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 many more people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Um, and, you know, from the beginning, we knew that this was a great place where we thought it was going to be. It didn't look like this. <laughs> we thought it could become a great place to connect people with Jesus, but this was never our permanent home. That was never the plan. This was a, a place to kind of get started, and we knew that later, we, as we filled up, as more people connected with Jesus, that we would have to find a larger space, that we would have to move, that we would have to find that permanent home, and we knew that that was sometime in the future, and the thing about it is, the future is now. Yeah. Yeah. And so today we, um, 
We mark the official beginning of a campaign to, to make the new home of Connection Church that we've dreamed about for several years. The camp, this campaign is to, to take that dream and make it a reality. Amen? Amen. And, and today marks the official beginning of a campaign where we're going to ask you to go spiritually deeper than we have ever asked you to go before. Today marks the official beginning of the um, Future Is Now campaign. When you leave today, we're going to give you two booklets. One is the kind of official campaign booklet. By the way, this thing is awesomely done. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And we also have this personal commitment guide, which is also awesomely done. And you're going to be given both of these. And what we ask you to do is to carefully read them. But even more important than that, we're going to ask you to prayerfully read them. Because we want you to prayerfully read them because we're asking you to seek God's direction. We're asking you to seek God's guidance. We're asking you to seek God's wisdom as you look into these books and the information that they contain. And we hope that you have questions. We hope you're willing to ask those questions. As Stephanie said, in room six on the other side of that wall, after every service, starting today through like November 17th, there'll be a person or persons in there. Their reason is so that you can have someone where someone to ask those questions to and hopefully someone who will give you the answers to your questions. As we shared also, there's a Bible study coming up, a four-week Bible study. We encourage you to, in your small groups to do those, or if you're not in a small group on the Wednesday, Friday, to be part of one of those. We're going to start a four-week preaching series at about that same time, and we're surely going to have a four-week devotional that was put together and include testimonies and, 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 uh, and insights from some of your friends here from Connection Church. And, and the purpose of all this, the aim of all this focus is on seeking God's direction, not only for this campaign, but for life in general as we go deeper in our relationship with God. The next five weeks may well be five of the closest to God weeks that we've ever had here at Connection Church as we look to the future and know that the future is now. In our lesson this morning from Genesis, we talked about how Abraham's father, Terah, was headed for Canaan, but he stopped in Haran, and he got comfortable, and he settled. Yeah? Yeah. Well, see, we're in Haran here. <laughs> it's comfortable, and we're settled, and it's easy, and, and we love it here. Amen? I love it here. This is a great place. And moving on is not going to be easy because it's been such a great place for mission and ministry, and we've got so many memories like we were talking about there in the video. But, but we can't stay. We can't stay. We can't settle for less than God has promised. It's time to move on to connect with more people with Jesus and the life that he offers. It's time to move to Canaan. It's time to move to the promised land. It's time to get moving because the future is now. And it's time for us to go. So I say, let's go. Can you say it with me? Let's go. How about one more time? Like you mean it. Let's go. 
Yeah, let's go. Let's pray. Holy God, wow. I love that story of Abraham. (laughs) You said go, and he said, okay. (laughs) Please give us strength and courage. Please help us to seek you, to seek your guidance, to seek your direction, to seek your wisdom as we look to moving to a new place. Please help us to seek you as we go deeper spiritually, as we look at a, a new opportunity for a house of worship that will reach not just hundreds but thousands. We ask that each one here will be willing to seek you as we look to where you would have us and how you would have us go because we know with you all things are possible. We ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, the Christ, and in the power of your Holy Spirit. And all those gathered here at the Connection this morning said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.